0: Hello and welcome back to All My Darlings, where we are reading Marguerite Young's Angel in the Forest. We are on page 212, New Harmony, The Golden Rose. And this is a longer chapter, so I think I'm going to go ahead and split it up. Probably two pretty short ones. Let me see. There's seven, so let me do one, two, three, yeah, let to do here. So I'm going to read to page 218 today, so we'll do part one. It opens up with a poem. Now vice and crime no more shall stalk unseen and open day, to cross our silent, peaceful walk the life's in, through life's enchanting way. Old ignorance with hoary head must seek his everlasting bed. Each warrior now may sheath his blade and toil in vain no more to seek fair, fair virtue's genial shade. For now all wars are o'er. The battle's done, the day is won, the victory's gained by truth alone. Owenite song in new harmony. So sorry, it wasn't a poem, it was a song. Presumably the ice broke and the struggle of love with hate began again. Noah's Ark pursued its course in the, on the Ohio, carrying many philosophers, many notebooks and the supplies which William Owen had asked for, all but what he had most wanted, a black cook. There was great rejoicing at new harmony, as the communicants awaited a solution now imminent of their, of their many difficulties. A voice had once shaken the earth, but now it was to shake heaven, that those things which could not be shaken might remain. All old drunks were put, to, were put on new garments at last, it seems. Their faith was to make them whole. A Russian wheelwright declared that he saw stemming out from New Harmony, a tree which would shadow the world. Even Robert Dale was deceived at first by the idyllic vision. It was a pleasant life at New Harmony, with little suspicion the beginning must be so near the end. There was a great charm in the good fellowship and freedom from class distinctions. He was delighted by the solidarity of the human race, particularly as it expressed itself at evening balls and concerts. The young people, if not especially cultivated were at least genial, as passionately fond of dancing as he was, he had not expected sophistication on the American frontier, so could not be disappointed with the simplest fare, the rudest accommodations. He cared no more for the absence of luxury than young folks usually care who who desert pleasant homes to spend a summer month or two under canvas, their tents on the beach, perhaps, with boats and fishing tackle at command, or pitched in some sylvan retreat, where youth and maiden roamed the forest all day, returning at night, fall to merry talk, improvised music, or an impromptu dance on the greensward. New Harmony was a place for the sporting of virtues in the shade, a moral holiday, a release from narrow horizons. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come, the city rectangular, however, and not the New Jerusalem. Robert Dale at this point was chary cherry of miraculous occurrences. Winona believed in ir- ir- witness to invisible bells ringing, would have measured the almost materialized angel with a yardstick. He accepted, in fact, no more value than he saw, and soon ascertained to his everlasting satisfaction that footprints of said angel adhered to one of the painted rocks on the Mississippi, and that George Rapp had purchased said pretense of grandeur for two dollars from an Indian runner on the St. Louis waterfront. It was the old, old pattern of deception, the utilization of a symbol as a substitute for human goodness that he himself would become the prey of prostituted angels he could not foresee of course at that time he was interested in the possibilities of Jessie. should she be subtracted from the solar system there would not be any possibility of community his one object was to prepare a log cabin for her he shrank therefore from no hard task which was assigned to him he helped to pull down the dilapidated rapite cabins although considering that one of these would have been better than no shelter and that jesse would not have it minded if the roof leaked a little or the swallows of death nested in the chimney he took turn at sewing sweet by hand although at the end of forty-eight hours he found that his right arm was useless he even tried to make biscuits, but gave up when it was suggested that, by a little manipulation, such as apothecaries employ in making pills, he might use his dough for bullets when he went rifle shooting. It was a great sport to bring down wild pigeons. Their numbers seemed inexhaustible. They were not, like Jesse, unique in the nature of things. There would always be wild pigeons. He found that most of his efforts at common labor comprised a clog and the machinery, others accomplishing more in a day than in a week. He accepted an invitation to teach in the school and edit the weekly newspaper, most gratefully, as in these capacities his mistakes could be concealed. If the roof fell, it would have been a moral roof, and nobody the wiser. What a wonderful scene of spontaneous existence was this, so far from the supernatural. Every season was a mating season. Boys and girls would stroll in the moonlight in groups, sometimes in pairs. Naturally, there were a few ill-timed marriages, a few who mistook the transient love for permanence, which is the most difficult thing in the world. His own heart, Robert Dale said, was occupied by Jesse, placed far above price a pearl. Otherwise he might have fallen victim to the proximity of a charming partner at ball or picnic, one in particular a lusty creature, who afterwards married the chief of Cincinnati's fire department, but no rival to the ghostly beauty at his side. By comparison with some of these buxom creatures of the frontier, Jesse seemed very refined, almost a creature of snow and light. Robert Dale was glad to be in New Harmony, where the old walls between classes had been torn down. Or had they? Gradually, in spite of his tendency to ignore reality whenever he could, he was forced to the realization that evil persisted undiminished even in this wilderness, so far removed from the war of Scottish cotton mills, for there were cotton fields in Georgia. It was a great shock on a path outside New Harmony, one fine autumn evening, to come upon two horsemen in an octoroon, almost white, bound to a white horse between them. They were pleasant oiled gentlemen who asked the hour and best road. Robert Dale inquired what was their business. They glowered darkly. They were, they said, honorable men, retrievers of runaway slaves, for a harsh mistress. This wench, when she got home, would pay for the trouble she had caused them, tracking through marshes, fording rivers, sleeping in prairie grass with no roof but the stars above them. Everywhere they went, she had gone just a little way before them, and when they caught up with her, what was she doing, the silly fool? She was asleep with her face in the grass. She was not worth the horse she rode on, she was like the horse and animal but the horse was a prince of his kind and she was the dregs the scum smoke-colored with watery eyes and under lips shelving out big enough for a bee to land on stung with pride untrustworthy ready to bite the hand that fed her born black she was she would have the spirit taken out of her when she got home it was impossible to handle her kind with kid gloves they would take advantage of you she must have the whip employed on her rump and how she would whinny then and submit to be fastened to the plow, and have the bit screwed into her insolent mouth, and walk a narrow furrow. For was it not written that nothing can rob the zebra of its stripes, or the African of his black color? Yes, they had heard of New Harmony, a place where all people were to be made their equal. They spat at the idea. Not for the earth, with a fence around it, would they sell her to be made their equal. Without her kind to beat down, they could have neither jobs nor superiority. Tracking slaves is better than nothing. What was needed in america was a politics of force dilated and at large to suppress forever among slaves their consciousness of their existence as human beings after that robert dale lost faith in utopia more or less if not in mankind he saw that the wolf dep- dep- depredated on calves running in the retired forest everywhere among the brown leaves falling he saw the fool of nature of acuity in a heart which broken never heals again how find refuge from nature in any natural thing unless it was Jessie with the unfaded violets at her throat? Yet it was a Pentecost of politics, this new harmony, a grand hallelujah. Every man being a sword of angelic flame, and every man a chariot whose winged horses were courage and desire. The extreme of scepticism was the extreme of mysticism. In the rapite cruciform church for which the plans had been handed down, it may be remembered, from heaven, the problematical Mr. Whitwell every builder of nothingness perhaps proposed his papery palaces to replace present cities his irrational nomenclature to replace the present names of present cities he had noted we are told the incongruities of american names such as banquo and a bean blossom to describe twin cities in this wilderness though there was neither a ghost in the first nor a bean in the second but vice versa according to his plan which seems to have been most seriously presented and accepted each city was to have a distinctive name a compound compound word expressing lat- latitude and longitude, so that its location and space would be self evident. Cities which have no location in space not to carry such names and thus would be shown the impossibility of ever going there. Letters were to be employed as substitutes for the num- numerals used in expressing latitude and longitude. The first part of the town name was to express this latitude, the second longitude. The letter S inserted in the latitude would indicate that it was worth that it was south latitude, its absence, that it was north, the letter V, west longitude, its absence, east. The system, though it might present difficulties at first, equally to the uninitiated, had the great virtue that it would make obsolete such monstrosities and confusions as the name of a neighboring Indian chief, a poor fellow without a tribe, 10 che kodongo. Familiarly known, at least among squatters, as Dungo or Dusty. A committee was appointed to consider the entire problem. New Harmony, 38.11 North, 87.55 West, received accordingly its rational name. Ipba Veenul, New York emerged as Otke Notiv, Pittsburgh as Otfu Vetup, Washington as Feli Nevu. "'London as L'Affa-Volvutu. "'Nor was it imagined but that before this nomenclature "'could be effectively established as a general practice. "'The Owenite community as such would have passed away "'like the dews from Jehovah, like the hoarfrost on summer grass. "'Rational nomenclature was not the only diversion away from the job at at hand. "'An intoxicated engineer, but not, it may be hoped, Captain MacDonald, "'who dreamed of a return to pastoral sanctuaries.' suggested that by the improvement of the steam engine it would be possible to reduce the distance between one place and another, London to be not much farther from Berlin than a stone's throw, figuratively speaking, and all cities to be joined in everlasting harmony. During such lectures, Taterdemalians sat up close to the platform or draped themselves over Robert Owen's feet as if they loved him, the better educated members keeping to themselves as if they had their private pews meetings were generally closed by the recitation of an ode to cooperation a goddess with long green hair who would shed her radiance over the earth when the workers were united in all cities rectangular meetings were closed only to be assembled again smaller units taken up the discussion where it had been left off an irishman at the tavern a great dancer of the jig proposed to his follower following that they should build their rectangular city outside the narrow lanes and laws of sense for otherwise how be rational and how escape fleas the living sapphire of some other star might be a vast improvement over the Wabash pocket country. Who knew? The Scottish coffee maker, who had no following, decided to remain in New Harmony. He could keep busier here outside of Latitude Longitude, he said, than any place he knew of on earth. There seemed to be numerous biblical patriarchs lurking about. There seemed to be numerous trunks. There were many sciences of society, in fact, and even a few plans to scrap the rectangular in- rectangle entirely. In favour of a semicircle, or a hollow tree, or a fox's hole, each science in the guise of a ragged, though perhaps rugged individualist alight with heaven's flame, who might stagger a little, but who had his own sweet version of reality, and his own quirks and fancies, often at odds with harmony, considered rational. Our focus, however, can be only on a few revealing characters, complicated, adventuresome, temporary, at large. Constantine Raffinesque. Athenian nomad, a gentleman of Greek, Turkish, Hebrew, and French extraction, a League of Nations, came to New Harmony late, and left early. The period of his visit was a little before utopia, or a little after. According to Audubon's report, Raphineske Raffine- was extremely remarkable in appearance. He wore a long, loose coat of yellow linen, a waistcoat of the same, with enormous pockets, and buttoned, Up to the chin, a pair of tight pantaloons, the lower part buttoned over his ankles, and his beard, long, where birds might nest, and his long hair hanging loosely, like an ancient prophet's, over his shoulders. Ordinarily, he was stooped like a burrow under a bundle of herbs. Nothing made him so angry, however, as to be mistaken for one of the numerous herb doctors who had plied their trade in the wilderness. With grasses for every disease, both real and imaginary, prescriptions to guarantee longevity, a sound chest, an involvement of new legs— whatever else was necessary. He was a picaresque scientist, a walking museum. He had gathered shells, plants and fishes, on every shore, from the Hellspons to the Wabash, and carried away by his imagination, had made up for the deficiencies of nature by describing non-existent species as if they were existent. Nature abhorred, however, as much as he did a vacuum. Years later, what everybody had scoffed at turned up as big as life. Raffinesque was publisher, editor, and sole subscriber to a number of magazines devoted to nature's wonders. None was so wonderful as he. He carried upon his person not only nature and friturity, but also his own version of the science of society, a kind of exaggerated old-age old insurance plan. As he believed the social order to be merely a human fabrication or invention, he had had his plan patented in Washington. Excuse me. There was a fine for imitating it. Even the best of all possible societies of society, his own, he intended that for all men but himself, conspire with nature to fill her blank spaces with enormous bodies of great exactitude. There could be no blank spaces, so long as he was abo- abroad, and no necessity of paradise. While in New Harmony he advised that drinking water, as it was full of inv- invisible bodies, should be sterilized. And soon, under his burden of grass, has slipped into the wilderness from whence he came. Audubon lost Dauphine in a kingdom of birds and friend most inconsistently of Daniel Boone, the unconscious builder of mechanized highways, came to New Harmony before or after Utopia. Miracle was already, from his point of view, a vanishing Utopia. For where men came, birds and weaned creatures departed, Thousands of pigeons pigeons falling each evening from the sky. Thousands of pigeons in their country beaten by great clubs in the hands of mighty hunters. He predicted that the pigeon would one day be rarer than phoenix or angel. Alright, I'm going to go ahead and stop there. And that will be part one. Oh, excuse me. goodness. All right. Thank. Thank you for listening.